<laughs> What's going on, y'all? Um, so this is the second installment of the Untitled Podcast. I need to come up with a name for it soon, but I'm in no hurry. This is just fun. Just checking out the scene, seeing what sticks here. So today, I want to talk about moving back in home with your parents. I moved back in in October. So I'm a 39-year-old man back at home with his folks. It sounds weird on paper, but there's good reason behind that. It's not that I was like down on my luck or something and, you know, I had no choice but to move back in with my parents. You know, I sold my home. Um, and I sold my home because the market was insane and I would have been a fool to not take advantage. You know, I had a lot of circumstances um, that also pushed me to selling my house as well that were out of my control almost. But it felt good. It felt good to get out of the house and, you know, take care of some things. Paid off all of my debt, all of my consumer debt. And I'm going to tell you right now, paying off that is the most freeing experience ever. Consumer debt is the devil. It is the worst thing that has ever been invented. And it preys on people like myself who have this insatiable desire to have things. And so, you know, I racked up so much debt over the years and you know when you dig yourself in a hole that you can't get out of it's man it's like you have shackles on you like you're you're in prison every day no freedom no ability to move you know and so if you can avoid consumer debt by all means stay out of consumer debt good credit bad credit i don't even care at this point like i don't want any kind of credit or debt um, except for property, real estate. Yeah, I sold my house and um, the market is what it is. It's a seller's market for sure. So, you know, buying a home uh, is not an option at the moment. I'm, you know, just trying to fill out everything and see what, you know, you know, what plays out in the next few months. And then I'll, I'll look to jump back in. Um, and I'm so thankful that my parents gave me the opportunity to come back home to hang out for a little bit, you know. Um, you know, I kind of laid it on them. This is what it is. This is what I'm trying to do. And they were like, yeah, well, you know, come hang out. We'll support it. And so shout out to my parents, man. They're a little bit older. And so they're really more, more mellow. Oh, here's, here's another thing. Both of my parents just retired. Like my mom retired in November of 2021. My dad retired in December, December 29th, 2021. So, you know, hey, here's the here's the oldest son coming back to the house to coming back to the nest to hang out. Um, So I'm over here in this den, uh, this extra room that they've had built many years ago, um, sleeping on my couch uh, from the house, um, which is cool for me. Like they have an extra room with bed, but I choose to sleep in here because it gives me a, a sense of my own space and. Sleeping on the couch it gives me a feeling of like uncomfortableness, enough uncomfortableness that you need to do something, right? So I'm not too comfortable here where it's like, I could be here forever. No, you know, I've definitely got to make moves and you can't bring friends over and hang out and stuff like that. Not, not the way that, you know, I used to when I had my house. So I miss, I miss some aspects of being a homeowner or of having my home, but it is what it is. But let me tell you the story about my me buying my first house. It was really cool. It was a really cool experience. Shout out to my real estate agent, Michelle, who's also a good friend of mine. 
she really looked out for me throughout the whole process of both buying my first home and selling my home as well. So the whole thing about moving, moving back in with the parents and stuff. You know, the first time I moved back in with my parents, um, I had just broken up with my ex. It was a 2016. And I, uh, I was not wanting to come back home at all. Like, my pride would not let me come back to the house. So when I left my ex's home, I started staying in hotels for like three months. I stayed in hotels, which is crazy. Let me tell you something. You want to know how much money you have? Try staying in hotels for a few months. I racked up so much credit card debt. Like it made my head spin. I, um, I had some rewards points from hotel visits, my job, everywhere I stayed, I get those points. So, you know, after I think a month, I think I had about a month's worth of points and I was wiped out of that. So I started going into credit cards and holy cow, that was a, that was a bad move. So that summer, summer 2016, you know, hotel summer, I stayed at about five or six different hotels and it would be like a week here, two weeks there. And then I stayed a month at a casita uh, at a hotel that I had no idea was actually going to be transformed into uh, like a community center. I was staying there and it was a cool little spot. I had I had my own little, you know, my little nook in the corner of the hotel. It was just me and some stray cats that we became really good friends. You know, and I hate cats, but you now we were kicking it. They come by, you know, give them a little bit of, a, you know, some food and they'd be cool. They protect, they protected my place for me. It was on a, it was, I don't know if it was three floors, two floors, three floors. I can't remember, but it was on the top floor. Like I said, super corner, corner of the place. I had a janky elevator that led up to my room. Like that thing, I didn't think that thing worked half of the time. And I, I had to take the stairs half of the time anyway, but it was whatever, man. It was, you know, that was my spot. But it felt weird because, you know, I'd bring my son every once in a while to hang out and it just felt off. It didn't feel like I was I was like I was doing anything, man. It was just I can't say it was the lowest time of my life, but damn, it was pretty it was pretty down there. Um so I'm staying in the hotel, you know, and then my birthday's coming up in September and my mom was like, What are you doing? Like, just come home and I was like, Nah, you know, I'm okay, I'm fine. She's like, Just come home. Well, after my birthday I came back home. So you know, 2016, I'm 34 years old, uh, came back with my parents. My, you know, Pops has been cool, man. Ever, after after a certain age, I feel like the relationship between you and your father changes a little bit. My, your father mellows out and, and everything's cool. I, I, in my head, I was like, oh, my Pops not going to stand for this. It's going to be a week that I'm here and then we're, we're at odds right away. But nah, it was cool. My Pops was real cool. He's like, you know, you do what you need to do, get right and, and, and make it happen. And so, you know appreciate my pops for that one. I stayed here um, for about a year figuring some stuff out. And then, you know, October 2017 is like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get into my own pad. I was like, but I don't want to, I don't want to rent. I don't rent. I've never rented in my life. Never had an apartment or anything like that. The only time I uh, came close to having an apartment was in 2008. I had signed a lease for an apartment that was just before I found out I was uh, going to have a child. So you know, I ended up breaking that lease and never moved in or anything like that. But yeah, I just, for me, it's just renting is not a thing. I can't do it. I feel like it's a waste of money to me. No knock on anybody who does because it provides you with space. 
um, and it's you know it's convenient you don't have to worry about maintenance and stuff like that so that's cool but just not for me so I started looking in October and it ended up being a longer process than I wanted it to be but that's because I'm super picky there's nobody's fault but my own my real estate agent was dope super patient with me anytime I wanted to see a house she was there ready to take me probably looked at about 60 65 homes I believe it was like 65 or something like that um, which didn't feel like a lot but in hindsight definitely a lot of homes I was all over town I couldn't figure out where I wanted to live you know what kind of home I wanted you know what the neighborhood was going to look like and things like that so the first house that I was closing on uh, was in a friend's neighborhood and a really nice neighborhood really community focused you know it just felt you know felt new modern but uh had some uh, old school feel to it nice house nice space you know had a huge backyard um, the only problem was like everybody around all the other surrounding houses looked directly into your backyard and i hate that i'm a dude of privacy like if i can't if i can't go in the backyard and feel comfortable Nah, it didn't work. But I didn't. I overlooked that because I really liked the area and I liked the home. So started closing on that. The trippy thing was, um, oh, let me forget. I can't forget the bathroom. The bathroom was epic. I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. It had the bathtub with the separated shower. You know, you had the his and hers vanity. You know, I thought that was stuff that they only see in like cribs or something like that. Some big mansions. And so I thought it was cool that I was going to get something like that. But, you know, we're closing on the house, going through an inspection, the, um, they're getting the stuff fixed that we asked for or whatever. And, you know, when I bought the house or when I started closing on the house, like I totally thought that, you know, me and the family were going to get back together. Me and my ex and the kids were going to, we were going to move here. We we're going to live in a different district and everything like that. Well, come to find out my, my ex absolutely hated hated the house she thought it was hideous she thought that you know she doesn't like cookie cutter homes you know she didn't like the area or anything like that not that I was completely doing it for her but I was doing it in hopes of family but uh it didn't happen and I was like uh I was devastated and I remember I was on my way to San Jose I was on the plane actually uh flying out and just thinking through it and when I get in my thoughts man it turns into something dangerous so uh, mid-flight, I text uh, Michelle and I tell her, I was like, hey, Michelle, um, uh, I'm not going to buy the house. I don't want it. And it was just like a, okay, you know, kind of thing. Like, all right, whatever, whatever you want to do. You know, if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. So we ended up backing out of that contract. And I, I lost uh, I lost some money on that one. I think I lost like twelve hundred dollars or something like that for the appraisal and all that stuff which was fine i guess i think for my peace of mind i i didn't mind it but back to the drawing board right so we started looking well a little bit later when i came back uh, into town we started looking and i found another home in this neighborhood that's not too far from my parents it's a neighborhood that i'm pretty familiar with and the house was really really nice um for what it was it was a ranch style home built in the 70s had some modern touches to it which I thought were cool I had never heard of Wayne Scotting before I saw that house you know I never even knew what it was but it had Wayne Scotting it looked really nice um had some modern appliances and stuff like that you know hardwood floors looked nice you know it felt good it felt like a really good home and so yeah put in a bid and uh here we go starting uh, closing on house number two 
Well, <laughs> the funny thing about this one is the like the inspection, the inspection on this home, the day of the inspection was just a it was a whole deal. We had um we had got to the house and uh, there was a car there, so we were thinking like oh maybe, you know the owners were just getting some stuff or whatever cleaning some stuff up. Well, we opened the door and this dude answers the door like. Like, what are you doing here kind of thing? Like, this is my house. And we were like, oh, we're here for an inspection. He's like, oh, I didn't know anybody was coming over today. We were like, what? Like, the whole, we had totally thought the house was unoccupied. Like, the the owner had moved to Phoenix from what we were told or whatever. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, no, it's my, my wife's house and everything. So, you know, just getting stuff done. We're like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, so he leaves the house. And I was just like, okay, that was weird. But didn't think anything else of it. And, you know, whatever. It's, somebody still owns the house until it's closed on. So, whatever. So, I start walking around the house and stuff like that. Doing some, you know, inspecting and stuff. But uh, I go into the kitchen. And the, the open up the refrigerated door. The first thing I see, man, is just it's stacked full of liquor. I swear, it looked like a bar. It had Hennessy. It had champagne it was nothing else but liquor in there and i was like oh that's crazy because this wasn't in there before when we actually went to the house and then uh start going through the cabinets more liquor like just all liquor and i was like oh this is crazy this is weird like they had a party the night before or something or they were about to have a party or something and uh again shrugged it off it was like all right cool whatever you know, strike one, well, strike two, because homeboy was already in the house, but then, you know, we're walking around, going to the main bedroom, uh, and the closet's full of clothes, and there's a, there's an air mattress, uh, in the bedroom, you know, and I was like, hmm, okay, so it tells me that homeboy was actually staying in the house, which was, you know, still whatever, if that was his wife, you know, so be it, Again, they still own the home until, you know, the I got the keys. And uh, so that was that. And I was telling my real, I was telling Michelle, I was like, hey, you know, this is, this is weird. Like nobody was supposed to be in here. And she's like, I know. I don't. I'll let me talk to the, you know, the agent or whatever. And so, I don't know what came of that conversation. But the inspector starts, you know, going through the house and doing his thing and checking everything like that. And we're cool. And we're standing outside, me and Michelle. Just, you know, chit-chatting about the house and everything. Well, um, I happen to notice there's this car, a gold car. I don't know what it was, but it was a gold car. And it drives by. But as they're driving by, they're, like, dead focused on the house, like, staring at us. You know, and I'm like, uh, do you know those people? She's like, no. And I was like, well, okay. Are they interested in buying the house? I'm thinking, like, uh, what's going on? Why are they staring so hard? But that time, we, me and Michelle were outside talking. They come around, they circle the house maybe three, four times. Like, they come around, I was like, okay, all right, that's really odd. Uh, either, you know, this is their house or we've got something in this house that they want. So we get back into the house. Well, as we get back into the house, yeah, the, uh, the inspector, he's testing the appliances. And then you hear this clunky, clunk, just like this loud clunk, clunk, clunk. And then whatever that was, we realized, I was like, whatever that was, it's not working right. And so it stops. And the uh, the inspector, he's like, hey, guys, uh, you might want to take a look at this. 
And I was like, oh, okay. Shoot, what's going to happen? So we go wherever he was towards the back of the house or the side of the house. And it's the dryer. And we're like, oh, all right, cool. All right, the dryer, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing too big. We can either get a new one or, you know, I totally thought about buying new stuff anyway. But he opens up the dryer door and he pulls out a scale, like an electronic scale. And I was like, why would a scale be in a dryer? Real odd. And then then he pulls out a box. And I already knew I put two and two together real fast. As soon as I saw the box after that scale, I was like, yeah, okay. So he opened the box. And there's weed in the box and bags. And I was like, am I in a trap house? Is this a trap house? It's a bad look, a real bad look. Michelle storms out of the house. She's scared. She's never been in a situation like that before. And I'm like, it's a wrap. I can't have this house. And it all makes sense. Everything makes sense. It's like, was I messing with somebody's situation? Did they have some fiends that were circling around the house? Is that what was going on? Is that who they were? Were they were they looking for a fix and these weren't the same people? I, who knows? But I just remember telling her, this is not going to happen. And so she got on the phone with the agent and we uh, we closed up. We walked out of the house. We walked away from the home. Beautiful home, though. Lovely home. So that was house number two. Didn't happen. And I was a little a little uh, discouraged after that point. I was like, I'm never going to find a home. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, um, you know, look around some more. Funny thing is the neighborhood adjacent to this one where that house was, I ended up looking at some houses over there. It's a really, really nice community, you know, golf course community. Had the uh, the golf course running through the homes, big old ranch style homes built in the 60s, 70s. You know, I really liked it. Um, I felt a little out of place, but it just like it just felt really comfortable. So I started looking at a few homes in the neighborhood and I'm not finding anything that's in my price range. You know, like these these guys want way too much for the house. Well, towards the end, I get to the back of the neighborhood and, you know, we find a house, you know, really nice. You can't really see much of it because it's covered in trees, you know, but we decided to take a look at it anyway. And um, we walk in the house and I, I really liked it. It felt really cool. It had a sunken living room, which I thought was quirky. You don't see that today. But, um, you know, that was cool. I had the, the primary bedroom off the off the living room, which was far away from the other bedrooms of the house. I thought that was like, yeah, I can dig that. It almost felt like I was in a mansion, you know, like a big old home. That room was humongous. It was huge. It was a, it was a big bedroom. And it had two closets, which I thought was dope because it's my sneaker closet. I've always wanted a sneaker closet, and I have my sneaker closet. So, you know, that was a big, big plus for me. You know, really liking that house. Four bedrooms, a little over 2,000 square feet. I had some ideas of what I could do with that house. Had a fireplace, which I never, ever used uh, in the three years that I owned that house, but I liked it. But the cool thing about it was it really felt like, it felt like home. 
you know, when you're buying a home, like it has to feel good. And that felt really good. The, co the cooler thing about it was when we stepped outside of the house after we were done looking at it, some neighbors came walking by, you know, had two little daughters and they were like, hey, are you thinking about buying the home? And I was like, yeah, I'm considering it. And they were like, let me tell you, this is a wonderful community, great community. We just moved here two months ago. And, you know, me and my family love it. We take our walks every night. It's quiet. You know, there's a great school up the street. And I was like, yeah, because I lived in the military base throughout my adolescent years. And in the moment, you don't realize it. But I, I really, at the time, thinking back in retrospect, I had, it was a real sense of community. It was a great, you know, everybody was close niche. There was really tight, um, you know, community and people looked out for each other and things like that. And when I bought my first home, I always wanted to feel like that. So it gave me a sense of that with that one interaction. And so put my bid in on that house and uh, that ended up being my first home. Uh, March 16th, 2006, uh, 2018, I closed on my first home. And it was a proud moment for me because for most of my life, there weren't too many things where I felt like I, I had a sense of accomplishment. Right? I had a plan when I was younger, 25 years old, I'm going to be a millionaire. By the time I'm 40, multimillionaire, I'm already a real world traveler, and it's time to settle down and have my first child and family. My plans got blown up real quick. And so here I am, you know, 34 years old, 35 years old, a homeowner for the first time. And it felt amazing. I didn't have anything in that house but a bed, a couch. Matter of fact, I didn't have anything for the longest time. It took a few months before I even got my first my first couch. But I had some bed I had a bed, I bought a bed, and I bought a TV. TV was the absolute first thing that I bought, a 65-inch flat screen, and I thought I was the I thought I was the man. Didn't have anything else in that house but that. And I bought some lawn chairs that I used as uh as furniture inside the house. <laughs> I have a friend who, who cracks on me about it all the time. And I didn't care. I was like, whatever. It's just me. It's a bachelor pad. I never decorated. I didn't do anything crazy in that house for the three years that I lived there. I did more in the last couple of months of owning that house than I had did the last two, three years. But it had a lot of potential. You know, anytime somebody stepped in, they really liked the house. They're like, oh, you got a great floor plan. There's so many things you can do. But I just didn't have the desire to fix it up. I think in the back of my mind, I knew it was just like, this was not permanent. This was a an investment opportunity for me. And, you know, I totally treated it as such. I didn't have any kitchen furniture. I didn't have a kitchen table, you know, or anything like that. I had a bar set up that my mom got me. And I put it in an extra room. I knew nothing about decor. I, put, I painted the walls. I put a couple of pictures up. And that was pretty much it. That's all, I, that's all she wrote. I had a, I had a game room. I made a, a man cave out, out of one of the rooms, which is really silly because the whole house is pretty much a man cave. It was just me. Put uh, some sports memorabilia in there. You know, had some uh, autograph pictures, some action figures had a TV, you know, it was my chill space. And then I had a, a black leather couch as my set centerpiece, but not just any black leather couch. It was the leather couch that my parents bought when we were in Spain. Proud story. When I was six or seven years old, when my parents actually went to go buy that couch, um, I remember that experience. And I remember smelling the furniture store. I remember me and my sister running around in there. I remember them taking us to 
like this little kid area that had like a TV and they gave us soda and while my parents did their shopping. But I remember when they bought their couch, it was two black leather couches. One was a, a love seat and then a regular couch. And I told my parents, I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to have that couch when I get older. I have one of those couches. You know, it's so crazy because, you know, here we are years later and I have this couch. My mom kept that couch pristine. I wouldn't say she did it for me. We just never sat on it. The other one was all messed up. The love seat is, was untouched, but the other one, it was used. So they got rid of that years ago. But this one, you know, she gifted to me. Um, and it was I was very happy. Like it was an emotional time for me because it was just something like here we are. 20 some odd years later what I said was going to happen was going to happen so had the couch in there it was really cool and then the other room that I really decorated was uh my office I always wanted to have an office space and I felt like that was like when you had that in your home you made it um and so I did I painted it um you know put cool cool tech in there had the uh had the desk and that whole setup and it was really cool to me I love my office. And then my son's room, I painted his room, had his bed and uh, TV and stuff. It was really simple, but he had a space as well. But he never came by. Like he stayed in the house only a handful of times in the three years that we lived there. TV was still brand new, bed was unused pretty much. His sister used that bed more than he did. And she stayed there, uh, you know, like a week and a half or so. A lot of home for me, but it wasn't, it wasn't home for me, if that makes sense. You know, it was just a, it was a house. It was a place. But uh, yeah, I was, I was, it was still mine. I moved freely, come and go as I pleased. Could walk around, go through the refrigerator without, you know, anybody bugging me, <laughs> you know, anything like that. And yeah, it got time towards summer of last year. It was just like, you know, I got to do something. Something's got to give. And I, I always entertained the idea of selling the house. Like from the, maybe two or three months after I bought the house, I would always tell Michelle, you know, I'm, I'm going to sell this house. So just stay tuned. And, you know, you know, she would tell me that you have to at least wait uh, two years to not worry about, you know, taxes or whatever. So last year it was just like, okay, I'm getting there. It's getting time. But what I started noticing, though, is that you know, the, the houses in my neighborhood were selling for some pretty crazy prices, you know, about 100000 over what I paid for my house. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I would get that much for my home, but the thought is cool. And then the house prices just kept going up. And I was like, this one's getting sold for two, two fifty, two sixty, two eighty. Then it tops three hundred, three ten, three twenty. I was like, okay. Once it passed like 300000 I was like, all right, it's time to go. And so I put my house on the market. It lasted for about a month before I got a, you know, before I got a bid. And I, you know, I took it and blessed to be able to be in the position that I was in and, and sell my home and take care of the things that I needed to do. But being back at home has been cool. You know, it's a little bit different now because, you know, again, my parents are retired and they're just chilling. They're at the home all, the, all day. Um, I'm over here back in the back in the den area just working or just really trying to figure out what the next move is going to be you know i need this market to calm down a little bit cleaning up my mom is a, a neat freak so me messing up the bathroom or being in the bathroom for extended periods of time is, is like what are you doing in there like what, are, what what's going on i have these weird moments of where i need just space to just do nothing just to think think about life i'm a thinker and I, I, I don't know what comes of it, but it just, 
I need my moments of clarity just to be able to just unwind. I feel like I unpack a lot of stuff all the time. And maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know. But it's a thing for me. Going in the refrigerator and taking drinks. There's We have to put our initials on, on drinks and stuff like that and food. And so that's weird. But, you know, it's cool. A little quirky stuff like that. But for the most part, man, I, I'd say that, again, I'm I'm super blessed to be able to be in this position to be back home and not have to worry about a lot of things. It feels safe. You know, this is the nest, you know, mom and pop. I'm super appreciative of the of this. And then, you know, when the next when the next house comes around and maybe I'll I'll look at making it a forever home or maybe it's another investment property, who knows. You know, it's this moments like this that are stepping stones in your in your journey of life and that's how I look at it. Like this is just a stop in my journey. It, it makes me realize that, you know, I'm blessed in, in so many different ways. You know, when I'm when I'm down and out or when I'm feeling down and when I feel like I'm in positions that aren't where I want to be, like, just let go and just, just go with the flow, man. There's no pride here at this point. That's out the window. I don't even care. It's the space. It's just, it's just where, you, you know, home is where you lay your head at. And, and thank you, Mom and Dad, for seeing my vision and, and helping me you know, along the way, because, well, who knows where I'd be if I didn't, if I didn't have them. But uh, that's it. 39, back at home, parental advisory. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, sound like I'm getting emotional, but I'm really trying to be like, it's like five o'clock in the morning, so I'm trying to be cool. Stay tuned, and hopefully by the next one, we'll have a name for this podcast. We'll see you guys later. Take it easy.